Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peake and Ted Tate. So how often do you get to have people on your packaging podcast who have also been on, you know, Shark Tank and been featured in Forbes and are completely revolutionizing an entire category, uh, which is kind of the fun party drink category, alcoholic party drink category. Uh, I did. I got to have Amy Stedman on. Uh, the packaging podcast and spend some time talking with her about the importance of packaging uh, and branding with respect to how they are continuing to grow their company. It was cool for me. Uh, I got to uh, invest in their uh, in their company through kind of a crowdfunding investing platform. And so that's been fun to watch uh, them grow and hear about what they have going on. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for you to dig into it. Uh, and to hear about everything that Amy and I got to talk about. Uh, one thing that I would really appreciate you do is uh, support the podcast by liking, subscribing, uh, sharing. Uh, go to our website, peopleofpackaging.com. You can get your free ebook from Doxalent, who is our sponsor. They do packaging specification management software, and they are just simply the best at what they do. So uh, you will be better for having done it. I think you're going to love Amy and we had a ton of fun on this podcast. She has helped to her and her team have built a culture of fun at uh, at Future Proof and uh, are continuing to innovate. So, hope you enjoy this interview with Amy Stedman. All right. Uh, so this is another fantastic episode. I am I've never had somebody on the podcast, Amy, with the job title on LinkedIn, the get shit done officer. <laughs> um, but that is uh, my new favorite title for a founder and, you know, CEO. I guess it would be the CGSDO <laughs> at, at, at Future Proof. So uh, Amy Stedman is joining us. Thank you so much for taking some time out of you know, just the craziness that is uh, your schedule, I'm sure. I'm super appreciative of it. So thanks. Thanks for having me. We're excited to be on the, on the podcast to talk about packaging. I know. I know. Everybody loves talking about packaging. It's so funny because it's like this massive industry. And I, I talk about this all the time on the show. But, you know, it's a it's a trillion dollar global industry. It's one of the largest in the world. And I I know like every podcast hosts like they're like I personally know them within the industry uh not that podcasting is like the biggest thing but like you know there's podcasts for everything and yeah. packaging just is kind of underrepresented so here 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 we go so we're going to talk about some cool stuff I'm I'm excited because uh, as we were talking about before we jumped on um I am a I'm a part owner in uh, in future proof and I uh, not that's not to say that I'm a big time owner but I'm part of the community and it was so cool to see um, what you guys are doing through WeFunder and and you know as I was saying beforehand just like you're you know you talk about like Chick Fil A has like their raving fans and all that kind of stuff like you created business you know like co 
entrepreneurs, basically. Like I didn't have to go through all this stuff. Like I just got to be part of it. Um, and to me, it's just, it, it's super exciting. So it's not like I had to know a guy who knows a guy to invest. You're just like, nope, we're going to crowdfund this way. And um, I thought it was really cool. So maybe let's start with that. Like, where did that idea sort of stem from? Or is that just like the natural outflow of your company, which is just community and inviting people along for the ride? Um, yeah. So I, you know, you could also introduce yourself. Sorry. I just, like, I wanted <laughs> to jump into that so much. So why don't you introduce yourself? But then I, I really want to get into that and hear about um, that. Cause I think it's a big part of who you are as a person as well, if I had to guess. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thanks for having me. Um, Amy Stedman, I'm one of the founders and the chief operating officer or chief get shit done officer, as we like to call it, future proof. Um, which is the maker of Beatbox Beverages. Beatbox is the world's tastiest portable party punch. It's a wine-based punch in delicious flavors like blue raspberry, fruit punch, pink lemonade, tropical, and our peach just came out as well. So um, great flavors. Um, We started back in 2013 and really started very humble beginnings, making it ourselves, distributing it ourselves, um, just here locally in Austin. Uh, We started growing it from there and got a big break in 2014. We were on the TV show Shark Tank. And, you know, it's kind of funny doing crowdfunding now because Shark Tank is such a public sort of uh, fundraising event, right? So we we had sort of the open kimono of information about the company on Shark Tank back in 2014. And then over the past, you know, six years or so, we've been doing fundraising um, with accredited investors, like you're talking about millionaires and people that can legally invest in private companies. And crowdfunding was something we always wanted to do because we love our customers and fans and not all of them are millionaire accredited investors, but the opportunity with WeFunder and these new crowdfunding platforms that have been coming uh, more and more accessible to startups and easier from an admin perspective for founders to engage with. Um, we took the opportunity this year and are in the middle of our campaign right now. Thank you so much for becoming an investor. Yeah. Um, and so we're so excited to activate our, you know, community of fans uh, now as, you know, hardcore brand ambassadors, hopefully, and, and owners in the business with us and hopefully share in the joy and success of the really rapid growth that we've been having. So, yeah. Um, and, and really the product is, an eco-friendly bag and box or Tetra Pak carton of Party Punch, right? So packaging and innovating and packaging was really core to why our company's been successful from the beginning and, and differentiated as well. That's awesome. Yeah, we're going to definitely dive into that. Um, and I, I realized I just totally jumped the gun. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even, I just got so excited because I was like, <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever had somebody on where I'm like, I'm a part owner. It's not a big deal. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's very exciting. Yeah. No, that's cool. And what was the, um, you know, what was the the impetus behind starting the company? I mean, were you, you know, sitting around? At, I don't know. I didn't even look. Did you go to UT Austin? Yeah. I don't know why I'm assuming that. Okay. So I went there twice. <laughs> you went there twice. Okay. Yeah, undergrad and MBA. So nice. yeah, my business partners, um, Justin, Brad, Jan- Dan, and Jason, um, were kind of talking about boxed wine and how boxed wine was at every party, every tailgate when we would float the river. 
you know, people are bringing this traditional boxed wine with them, but nobody really liked the wine that was in there. And the brands were all marketed to like retired people. And so we were like, hey, we should probably make like the millennial version of this, which, you know, this is back in 2010, 2011, with Four Loco being the biggest kind of new name in alcohol at the time. And Mike's Hard Lemonade and Harder, you know, all those mm-hmm. kinds of flavored brands exploding, as we now know with the seltzer craze and everything else, like yeah. just really honing in on flavor being a big trend for millennials and Gen Z. So <laughs> we uh, we started the company and uh, just like I said, it was very humble beginnings. We used to, you know, rip the, the stickers off of boxed wine and put on our own packaging concepts and emptied out Franzia bags and put in our own Gatorade and vodka kind of thing and just landed on what flavor was best, which, you know, the original blue raspberry is a, you know, it was like a crystal light raspberry lemonade and vodka was like our prototype. And then we worked with a a formulation company to make our own unique um, blue raspberry wine-based cocktail from that. So man, (laughs) that's awesome. uh, We did, you know, we, we've done, you know, Shark Tank, and then they did like a Where Are You Now kind of beyond the tank kind of episode as well. If you're interested in checking out more of the early days of beatbox kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. you know, these days we've we've had many pivots in the business and then the product line's been a big part of it. We started the company with a big five liter bag and box with more than seven bottles of wine in the package and then shifted to a single serving kind of option which is our 500 milliliter Tetra pack. It's still you know, nearly a bottle of wine in there, but it's got a screw cap on it. It's, you know, you can put it back in the fridge. It's a really flexible, lightweight package. You can take it outdoor with you. You can take it everywhere. And we've been primarily distributing those in grocery and convenience stores. And it's just completely blown up since we've made that switch to the sticking of the single serves and then having it easily available like at convenience stores and things like that in communities where we sell instead of just being in like the, you know, the party liquor stores or something like that. Right. Um, so that's been kind of the big switch over the past couple of years versus the early days. And, you know, like I said, our distribution and our, our company has just completely grown from there. And, you know, you can check out all of the details about that on, on the WeFender campaign. Yeah. Um, but you know, we have just been experiencing such growth and that's been an opportunity for us to evolve our business model, take sustainability and the packaging kind of considerations that we have been looking at this whole time much more seriously and, and also evolve the company to become a, a B Corp as well. So yeah, that's uh, lots it, of interesting it, stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I, so you, you mentioned old retirees, I guess I'm just an old soul. I remember one time I was at a packaging, it was pack expo in Vegas and a supplier, you know, we went out to dinner as happens at these trade shows and the supplier hands me the wine list. And he's like, here, pick, pick a bottle of wine for the table. And I scoured the wine list. First of all, I didn't recognize anything. And I kindly handed it back to him. Cause I was like, uh, I typically drink my wine out of the box. So you don't <laughs> want me making this hey, particular decision that. right now. I'm a big fan personally um, of the carbon efficiency of box wine. And I know the details yeah. of the wine industry. So I know that the stuff that's in the fancy bottles is often the same stuff 
that's <laughs> in the non-fancy bottles or bag of boxes or whatever. So it's true. Um, it's true. I'm I, on your side, man. Yeah, no, that's that's a whole other, you know, getting into that is is uh I, I know people who buy liquor from Costco, but they know that it's the same that's in the really expensive branded bottle so once the branded bottle's out they refill it with the big thing from costco so their friends uh-huh. come over and they're like you've always got the top shelf stuff and they're like ah, i don't but nobody knows the difference so yeah. uh, <laughs> packaging and labeling does matter i guess um so you mentioned uh, and by the time this the the episode airs um you know you you may already be announcing but currently while we're doing this interview you're in the process of going through this b corporation uh, status and certification. And I, I've, I, I know a couple of companies, like I'm a big fan of Cotopaxi here in Utah, they're a certified B Corp. You know, there's plenty of them. Um, what's that process been like? And, you know, uh, because I get asked a lot, like, about, you know, we've talked about like carbon, you know, carbon efficiency and carbon ratings and stuff like that. And you've had to actually do some of that analysis. So, um, you know, what has that process been like, not just from a community standpoint and, you know, showing like you're an actual B corporation, you're not just faking it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then maybe from like the community development and being part of your community. And part of that is being socially responsible with your, with the, your carbon impact. So uh, what, what's that process been like for you? And maybe what's one tip that you would give to somebody who might be listening who's wanting to go through that with their own brand. Yeah, so B Corp has, a, so first of all, B Corp is a certification similar to like if you were a food product and you wanted to be organic, you would have to apply for a certification and you know a reviewing team would look at all of your documentation and make sure that you're legit. And then they would certify that you qualify for this certification. So B Corp mm-hmm. is exactly like that. But instead of for your food ingredients or farming practices, it's for your whole business model. So they have this really big assessment. Um, It does take a little while to go through. It's not, you know, something you can just do in a day or something. But You don't just pay um, a fee and not your B Corp. (laughs) No, yeah, the the assessment is completely free for anybody to do. So if you're a, you know, a founder or a professional that's in this department, you could go in and create a profile for your company try and answer the questionnaire as best you can and see how you score. And they give you a score. Um, And so once you hit that threshold for where you can actually send in your application to get certified, you actually have to go in and, and, you know, answer all these lots of different questions. There's a whole section on environment, but there's also many things about how you treat your employees, how, you know, what kind of vendors do you buy from, Um, you know, what is their impact, you know, all the way from, you know, how much money does your CEO make to your bottom, you know, lowest paid employee. So it takes into account a lot of different considerations from a responsible business perspective, and then gives you a score for it. So yeah, part of the process was, you know, trying to get all this data, like, you know, if you're a food or beverage company, oftentimes you're not completely vertically integrated, right? So you have supply chain partners that you may or may not know how much energy they use or if they're responsible with their, you know, gender practices or or whatever um, you might be looking at. So a big part of it is like data collection and just following up with everybody in your supply chain. But these days, I think 
most folks know that the sustainability questions are coming and coming faster and faster as more of these certifications become expectations from consumers. Um, you know, like if you walk into an aisle now, it's almost like, why aren't you like natural or organic or, you know, clean or, or whatever those kind of established, you know, frames of reference that consumers have now. And so in order to be compliant with that, I mean, you have to know everything about your system. And so um, thankfully, we work with some great suppliers that were able to get us back the information we needed in sort of a timely fashion right? and, and get it all together and, and turn in our application, which we're trying to do, I think, this week and, and get it processed. But I know that they also have a lot of folks that have been applying lately and they're uh, right. you know, a relatively small group to certify all these organizations. And so we've been working very collaboratively with B Corp as well to, to get it all figured out. So, well, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, just like I've got your LinkedIn profile up here in front of me. And I love how you say like you're an entrepreneur for a regenerative and inclusive economy. And, you know, a, certainly a certified B Corporation is is a part of that, you know, you mentioned. And I, I've been pounding this drum now for a while within the packaging industry is, yes, we're going to be audited for our sustainability practices. And that's we should be, you know, we, mm -hmm. we should be audited for that. Um, what we have not been audited for and what we should be started to be audited for is for uh, DNI diversity and inclusion. Um, it has not been something that has really come into, you know, it's starting to really infl infiltrate and rightly so the tech industry um, mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of capital investment and stuff like that. But for the packaging industry, um, I, I think it's, it, it goes hand in hand with sustainability because, you know, diversity breeds, diversity and inclusion, it breeds innovation, um, which is what is necessary. If you have a, a yeah. really homogenous leadership team, then right. you're not going to innovate. You're not going to really iterate. And that's what we need for sustainability. So, um, yeah, I just feel like our, our, you know, grandparents generation was like at the forefront of, of all this industrial products kind of being made. And then our parents' generation was like, wow, this is so cool. We can make all these things. And like commercialization just completely took off. And now I feel like it's our generation's job to find a way that we can have an entrepreneurial and innovative society that's always coming out with new products and new ideas, but still have that work with our planet and, you know, be able to do that forever instead of just do it for 25 years and then it's all burned right you know like totally. that, that's what the goal is for our generation i think is just to try and find a way to sing the song and dance of human human creativity in a way that we can do it um in in harmony with each other and with the planet so yeah was that was that at the um the the front of your mind when you were starting it i mean obviously you you saw the problem uh which was you know this market segment but were was that always like but we will always be in, excuse me, <coughs> sorry. We will always be in like, like we'll have sustainability as the, you know, kind of the, the thing that we will be hanging our hat on. Mm -hmm. And so when you're coming out yeah. with packaging, it wasn't just like, you know, like you said at the, at the beginning, it was, you know, reusing Franzia, you know, bags, <laughs> but, you know, eventually you had to, iterate out of that obviously and and so yeah. was that was that part of your process was like sustainability with packaging I mean the most important thing about B box is having fun 
It's, you know, we don't even want to talk about sustainability. You know, that's the thing is I think that it's up to the companies to take that burden off of the, the average everyday consumer. You know, it's such a complex issue. Like it's not something we really talk about that much, but um, isn't that the, the best way to party is to not have to worry about that stuff and have your alcohol beverage take care of that for you, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, how I think about it is, I got is, it. It's my responsibility as a maker of things to figure out how to do this, um, in a way that makes sense for, for the future. And so literally future proof, right? So yeah. <laughs> that's the name of our company, but, but I mean, we, we do, talk about it our first box that we ever made for beatbox had a bunch of trees on it that was like eco-friendly i mean i think it's just in line with having that next generation alcohol beverage company we always wanted to disrupt this industry and modernize it and that's everything from the experience with the customers and the marketing which is really what we focused on most Mm -hmm. to the business model of being more responsible being more inclusive being more sustainable um, so I, I kind of look at it holistically as like, we're modernizing this industry on every level from having the best drinks to the best packaging to the best, you know, best place to work to being the most sustainable. Like I want to do it all and, and bring other founders and other companies with me, um, so that we can change the industry together. That's awesome. Yeah. And it makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, I love how you said, like, we don't want somebody to be thinking at a party, like. <laughs> what do I do with this? You just want them to have fun. And then, you know, it kind of, I don't want to say naturally takes care of itself because obviously something has to happen at the end of its life, but it's not even, it's, you've, you're the only person who's ever answered it this way. And I love it where you're like, we don't even really talk about it. We just do it. Like, yeah, we're just, it's, it's not even like a conversation. Everyone just knows that this is who we are. And so we're just always going to do that whatever that is, whatever that thing is, we're not going to sit around and, you know, weigh the, you know, necessarily, I'm not saying you just like do everything, you know, haphazardly, but like, you're just going to be a, an innovative, cool, fun company. And part of that is sustainability. Like it's, I I think it's great. Um, Yeah. I mean, our customers are, you know, we, we have a very diverse customer group, but a lot of them are millennials and Gen Z. And so I just feel like that group is so uh, suspicious of businesses and not being true to your word and not being authentic. And so, you know, that's that's how we want to show up is just be real with our customers and kind of, you know, like the same thing with the crowdfunding. Like we're super transparent, like check out our margins, check out everything like here it is. And also from the B Corp perspective, it's another opportunity for us to be transparent about what we're up to, what we're making and, and hopefully inspire other companies to change their ways for, you know, for some of the cool stuff that we're doing as well. Um, And hopefully people do even more cool things and, and inspire us to do even more too. How have you guys, so 2020 has had a lot of really like, I mean, uh, this is the understatement of any podcast, but like we've had a lot of weird things happening in 2020, right? Like everybody knows that. Um, And one of the things that impacts that people don't realize uh, has happened in 2020 was what what we'll call like the aluminum can allocation. And this is like, you know, most, most people don't realize this, right. But like, 
we get it. So how did you got, how have you guys kind of been navigating it? Cause I know that you have your, uh, is it Brizzy? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, you have another we're close. We're both in cans. Yeah. How has that been? Not just with this crazy brand that's growing quickly in a market segment that's growing quickly, but now you have to deal with something that you probably weren't like, Oh yeah, this is, you know, we're going to have to deal with this. Like what's, what has that been like as a, as a COO? Um, I don't really get to ask many COOs that question. And I'm just curious, like, how'd you guys navigate that? Oh man, supply chain issues this year have been crazy. And the can shortage has been going on, you know, it was happening last year as well, but with everything with the coronavirus um, happening now, like for example, in wine, right? Like in wine, we're regulated. We can only use certain size cans. So Mm -hmm. um, only cans that are these TTP regulated sizes. And so with the explosion of the canned wine industry, you did see that shortage like already just because there's just not that many can suppliers. Got it. Um, and so, you know, what we did was what any small company should do, which is to try and punch above your weight class in terms of negotiating for deals, right? So if you can align with your investor portfolio or your um, you know, local beverage entrepreneur group, or, you know, your, uh, in our case, like an operations consulting group that pull can orders together and help you secure and allocate cans. Um, I mean, that was really crucial, but I, I will say, you know, like 99% of our business is beatbox still. And so, um, you know, I'm very grateful that we're not in cans at the moment and right. we can grow with Tetra. Um, in that form factor. So another kind of side benefit that, you know, we didn't predict at all, of course, but it's been nice. And I worry about that as much. I haven't, I I probably could have looked this up, but I haven't. Um, Also, I live in Salt Lake City, which has like, maybe arguably the most like strict alcohol and liquor laws in the United States. Um, We are not quite in Utah. No, that's fine though. It'll happen. I'm sure. I yeah. keep I keep pouring um, just water into cans and then I pray over it and maybe one day it'll turn into some kind of cool <laughs> beatbox beverage, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, so in on your Tetra packs, so what's interesting is um, I just I had just put this post out on LinkedIn where like some Tetra packs have the how to recycle logo on them, right? Like you can yeah. it's like empty and replace the cap and then put it back in, and others don't and here I am like this packaging professional, like I host a podcast and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this thing right now. And I put it out on LinkedIn and the amount of feedback I got in that post was crazy about, I mean, people were like, you know, no, you can't. And this municipality, like somebody jumped in from the state of Utah and was like, you can't recycle that in the state of Utah. And other people were like, why not? There's 2 billion of them made in the world. And I was like, whoa, calm down, everybody. So have you guys gone through like that like how to recycle process and um you know how do you communicate that on on your your beatbox beverage and um, i don't have one to look at so this is like genuine it's not a gotcha i'm just genuinely curious yeah so you know tetra is a unique packaging option because while it is the most carbon efficient packaging it's the most lightweight it takes the least amount of carbon over the life cycle of the product as a beverage um, it is not as easily recycled as like aluminum cans or whatever right so right. it's got liners in it it's got more complexity to it it's not 
easy for every municipality to recycle it. So it's not, um, they've been trying to fix that and do everything that they can to improve on that um, at Tetra and other carton companies. But there's a website that's just recyclecartons.com um, that kind of houses like all of the, you can put in your zip code, it'll tell you what's available. There's some mail-in programs if there's not something available in your community. But, you know, to be honest, just as a founder, when I'm considering packaging choices, I know that 90% of plastic bottles are not recycled. 50% of aluminum cans are not recycled. Like glass mm -hmm. bottles are not usually recycled. And so I know that this is a point that people will often point out to me that Tetras aren't easily recyclable. And I'm like, yes, but when you're looking at all the considerations, like just right. knowing that things aren't really being recycled anyway at this point, and we have this very time-sensitive emergency of this carbon climate crisis that we have, as a maker of stuff, I am optimizing for carbon at this moment, um, rather than like a zero waste type uh, yeah, circularity or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So that's just my personal way of looking at it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I just feel like because the carbon issue is the most time sensitive that that's, that's it. And there's no perfect solution, right? So if we can continue to look, I know I've talked to some other people this week about like the, the paper bottle company um, and some of these other solutions that are coming out to try and find like a fully circular um, beverage option. But at the end of the day, if it's waterproof, there's probably something in it exactly. that's kind of hard to recycle or, yeah. or whatever. And so, yeah, there's probably uh, a plastic liner in that paper bottle, just right. so everybody knows. So the, so what we've done is um, at Future Proof, uh, looked at this opportunity this year where we are becoming plastic neutral. So what this means is for as much plastic that we're putting out there in the world through Tetra, um, with our caps and whatever, as well as the stuff that we use like in our promotional displays or, you know, anything like that, from like pens and stuff like that, like all the plastic for our company, we have a weight to it that we have done an assessment to find out. Oh, and cool. so every quarter um, when we do production and everything else, we take the same weight of plastic out of nature um, in rivers and other places through a program that we're doing with the plastic uh, neutral certification that we're getting. Oh so my gosh, that's that incredible. Is, yeah, so that's one thing. I'm like, if there's not a perfect solution, then we could do something like this. Kind of like the same thing with carbon, right? It's super hard to like not use any any fossil fuels in today's economy. And so what can we do? We can, you know, dedicate some money to try and push our whole industry forward on right. that. Um, and, and just have it be part of the budget because we know that potentially carbon tax is coming or, you know, these kinds of environmental taxes are coming. And so the businesses that are incorporating that into their budgets now are, are just going to be that much more prepared when it comes. So Right. Yeah. Just look at what's happening in the EU. If you're in the U.S., like extended producer responsibility and carbon tax, I mean, it's all it's all coming. And, and, I, and you weren't going to say it or you said I, this is just my opinion. And I will just say it out loud. You're, you are a hundred percent right. Um, you know, yeah. our, our, uh, our, the, 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 the threat to like our human existence is not, I hate to say this cause it sounds so disingenuous, but it's not landfill usage. Like, mm -hmm. we, you know, I mean, that's, I'm not saying that's great. But I'm just saying, like, we're not all going to die because we have, I mean, we have landfill space for like the next thousand years in the world. 
Um, and we need to mitigate that. I'm not saying it's not an issue, but right now the biggest issue is, and I tell people this all the time, follow the carbon, you know? So um, I think the problem becomes, and this is probably when you said like people ask me about this because nobody's thinking about the fact that I'm guessing like a Tetra pack ships to you flat, correct? Yeah, on rolls, yeah. On, okay, so it comes on rolls and then you guys form, fill it and cap it. Is that what happens? Yeah, the co-packages, yeah. Cool. So, so for everybody listening, who's not already into packaging, think about that. So we're transporting this stuff on rolls from somebody who's making this on rolls instead of a bunch of heavy glass that's already formed. That's coming from China or Italy or Germany. And it's shipping to a wine manufacturer in South France. And then that's getting filled and it's getting freighted over here it, the, it, I mean, and you probably had to go through this, right, on your, um, your carbon analysis assessment. The, the Tetra Pak is going to win if the goal is what is less impactful on our environment from a carbon standpoint. That's going to win nine times out of nine. Like, there's no competition mm-hmm. at all. Or even PET bottles or whatever it is, like the paper that ships on a roll that you can put whatever it is, 10 million impressions into a truck instead of 10,000 wine bottles in a truck is just gonna, it's just gonna win. So, and then if you assume that, you know, you're doing all that, you know, because you think like say wine, right. It's always traditionally been in glass, but say you're another beverage type, like a, like a juice or a kombucha or like something like that. And you, you don't have that established precedent. Like when you're choosing glass, over that to signal eco-friendly because they'll do that right like yes yeah. in the, in the eco-friendly natural product stores you'll see the glass-based uh bottles it's it's to me it's like it's just a little funny because it's like i hope that those get recycled or that they made from recycled glass because that helps pull it through the cycle but um more than likely it's not going to get recycled either and then it's all of that weight um to signal a recycled product that's not even going to recycle anyway so yeah no it, you're you're you are <laughs> we're appreciating pre- the choir here but <laughs> yeah, yeah no i totally get it i mean it's but it's hard to communicate all of that onto uh some packaging so i think and, and you maybe know, not important at all to win that consumer at that moment you know so that's what yeah we just kind of we just focus on fun and <laughs> as founders we just consider it our responsible duty to kind of figure this stuff out you know that's cool. Um, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to write down focus on fun and I'm going to go check out recyclecartons.com. Admittedly, I don't know much about, you know, Tetra Pak and that kind of stuff. So let me triple check if that's, yeah, it is recycle cartons. I was like, okay. hopefully it's not recycle carton or something. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully it's not some like some website that's like nefarious with like a Nigerian prince or something. who's trying to steal <laughs> everyone's money and we just sent everybody there. Um, yeah, I'll double check it, but, um, and you, you know, you kind of mentioned like I think full- it's the carton council, which is basically, I think Tetra Pak, but it's like their, their informational kind of thing about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I, 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 I talk about this a lot, but it's like just for, for brands to understand that the right thing to do is just do the next right thing and not get, just understand that everybody's going to have, somebody's going to have a problem with whatever it is you do um, right now. Like there's nothing perfect. 
it would be super great if you could just teleport your your you know beatbox liquid directly departicleize it send it through the atmosphere to everybody's house and it just drops into this neat nice filtered thing and there's no packaging that's needed ever cool but we're not there so you've got to put it into something and whatever that something is somebody's going to have a problem with it um but i i think you guys have done great just for for the record i mean i am an owner by the way so i could say we i can say we have done great you're doing awesome yeah and I'm excited too to see what those next generation beverage packages are will be and, and what Tetra will do to improve what they're already doing. So. Well, imagine this. I had a guy on my podcast uh, season two who actually is here in Utah who's making cellulose from CO2 in the atmosphere. So like imagine a marriage between Tetra Pak and that company to where mm-hmm. there's no trees. It's a treeless Tetra Pak that's carbon negative wouldn't matter if it was recyclable or not um, because it is it's it's already the most efficient from a life cycle and now you're now it's a carbon negative process like that would be that would be an awesome marriage I agree there's going to be there's going to be cool stuff happening Um, well I we're getting short on time and appreciate people who have stuck with us and are continuing to listen but um, so a couple last questions number one is um, so I'm part of the Naturally Network and Naturally Boulder. I know you're on the board of Naturally Austin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I want for people to understand this network. Um, and I think it's cool that you're a part of it. Uh, for those people who aren't familiar with it, um, how, how wide of a reach does Naturally have? Because I was just familiar with Bay Area and Boulder. I didn't realize it was a Naturally Austin until I met you. So um, there's clearly not a lot that I know about the nationwide network. So why would people get involved um, in that network and in that community? This whole conversation seems to be about community and sustainability, inclusivity. So um, how would they get involved in, in the Naturally Network where they're at? For sure. So Naturally Network is the national group, but it actually did start in Boulder. So Naturally Boulder um, is an organization of natural product companies. So food, beverage, so you know any kind of CPG consumer brand really could fit into this. But it's all of the founders and professionals that are really interested in being more sustainable, more inclusive. So having a more responsible natural products industry and fostering that responsible entrepreneurship. So pretty much all the things that we've been talking about today. Um, We started a chapter here in Austin in 2019. So it's all fairly new. Um, And then there's also Naturally Chicago. There's Naturally Bay Area, Naturally Boulder, as we mentioned. Um, there's a group in New York that I believe is starting in San Diego. Nice. Um, and also North Bay Fig is also another group that's affiliated with us as well. So um, cool. we we do have quite a few communities that are part of it. And um, they are also looking at, you know, if there are other cities that are interested in starting chapters to, to kind of check out what we're doing. But with everything being so virtual these days, there's really no reason to not check out the programming that we have. We actually had a, a sustainability and packaging panel in April um, that I hosted and had some really good, interesting speakers on that one as well. So if you like awesome. this kind of content, definitely check it out. Naturallyaustin.org slash events for ours. And then all of the other chapters uh, follow suit with just Naturally Chicago, Naturally Boulder, et cetera. That's cool. And that's been a great community for you to have started and be a part of. I, I think it's awesome to see, you know, companies come together and it's it, 
it's not like a traditional, to me, it's not like a traditional networking thing where it's like, everyone's just trying to sell everything. It's like, it's a collaborative group of people with a, a common goal, you know, so you might have companies who compete against one another on the shelf, but they're trying to help one another out because it is, it is really a community. I think it's great. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of us kind of startups, the, the really huge CPG companies are just so much bigger and scale than any of us are. And so it's, you know, it's, it's very collaborative and all of us just helping each other out. It's really not that competitive in the community um, because of that, I think, but um, other than that, you know, we really love our big CPGs to get involved as well and bring in consultants and help those founders and, and emerging companies kind of learn the, the ropes of the business as well. So it's kind of just getting everybody involved under one roof and networking and kind of doing it in the name of how can we all do this in a more responsible way and, and push our industry forward because, you know, as much as we can do at Beatbox and um, all that, you know, if, if I'm really serious about the climate crisis or, or making an impact, like probably the number one thing I can do as like a person is just to connect with other businesses because mm -hmm. that impact is so much bigger than, you know, me just becoming a vegetarian or, or whatever other kind of personal life things I could do, which are all great too. But, um, you know, I think this business impact, especially when, you know, maybe things aren't going your way politically, it's, it's such like a a way to feel empowered to still have impact and, and make big moves. So um, taking these conversations into the workplace is, is really, I think, what we need to be doing. Totally. Yep. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, I try to help out, you know, other packaging companies as well who are, you know, maybe my competitor. I refer people to them all the time because at the end of the day, we, we have a responsibility in the packaging industry to be the experts and to be the solutions people to help other people understand and be able to say, no, my company is actually terrible for you, but here's who I would really recommend. And that is, uh, you know, maybe one of my favorite things to do is to help somebody, you know, get into, uh, you know, something that's, that's good. So that's, I, that's why I, I think the community is, is pretty great. So uh, I'm going to put a link to your, um, to your WeFunder because I think that's cool. Um, what are some other ways that people can get more of Beatbox, get more of Future Proof, get more of Amy? Uh, how yeah. would people connect up with, with you and your company? You've got a lot of stuff going on and sure. uh, we're just here for the ride. Yeah, well, for me, probably LinkedIn is the most relevant place. Um, Amy with an I, A-I-N-Y, last name Stedman. And then for Beatbox, we're beatboxbeverages.com. Um, awesome, you know, email sign up on there to get all the latest news of what's going on with the brand. When and you come have, to Utah, I'll get an, e oh, I get an email. <laughs> You'll get an email if you're 21 or older, but you might not be able to order it. I'm not sure. Um, no, I'm just saying like when, when I campaign and I talk to Governor Spencer Cox and I say, hey, this is what we need, the state runs the <laughs> liquor stores. So I'll go yeah, let him know. Exactly. Yeah. So you'll have all the information to request it uh, locally. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and yeah, we have futureproof.com, futureprf.com is the URL for checking out more of our work on sustainability and Grizzy and Corkless or other brands as well. So those are all of the places. Awesome. Amy, this has been great. Um, I, I, we got to talk about packaging and we got to talk about community and sustainability and diversity. And it's like everything that the podcast exists for. So 
Uh, it's been, it's been great. I love that you are focused on fun and I just, I love that phrase and you can, it just exudes. So uh, thanks for making fun, cool, dope products and uh, getting it out there for everyone to enjoy and responsibly have a good time, sustainably have a good time. So it's awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yes. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. And um, we'll see you next time. All right. Great. A huge thanks to Amy for coming on the podcast. Next week, we're going to be talking with Todd Mosling from uh, Reynolds Company, Presto Freshlock. Uh, we had a great conversation, Todd and I did. I think you're going to learn a lot about his background and the importance of uh, closures and zippers in flexible packaging and what does that all mean for sustainability. So uh, I'm excited for that uh, episode to come out. Uh, please, once again... Support the podcast. Uh, go to www.peopleofpackaging.com. And wherever you are, make it a great day.